The following KOPN podcast is made possible by the generous donations of listeners like you. Please consider a donation to listener-supported community radio, KOPN. You can donate securely on our website at kopn.org. Hi, welcome to Food Sleuth Radio, where we help you think beyond your plate. I'm Melinda Hemmelgarn, a registered dietitian and investigative nutritionist on a mission to connect the dots between food, health, and agriculture and find food truth. And today it is absolutely an honor and privilege to welcome Dr. Twyla C. Liggett. She was the founder and executive producer of the wonderful TV show Reading Rainbow. It aired on PBS from 1983 to 2009, and under her leadership, that series won over 160 awards, including 26 national Emmys, of which 10 are in the Outstanding Children's Series category. Now, I also want to say that Dr. Liggett is a former elementary classroom teacher and administrator. She just retired as professor of education specializing in literacy and the arts from Marymount Manhattan College. However, rather than sitting in a rocking chair or laying on the beach, (laughs) she has decided to devote her new career to a a latest project called Betty Spaghetti's Flying Food Adventures, a half-hour, live-action, animated, multimedia, fun-filled experience for kids focused on healthy food. Welcome, Dr. Liggett. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I can't I, imagine sitting in a rocking chair. Anymore. I can't either. I can't either. And, you know, I have to let our listeners know, I'm sure that I am one with many when I say that I so enjoyed watching Reading Rainbow with my own children. And I, like you, agree that reading is such a terrific adventure to have with children. It opens so many doors. And now what you're going to be doing, as I understand, with Betty Spaghetti's Flying Food Adventures is the same thing, to create this love for eating and food as Reading Rainbow did with regard to reading. So I can't wait to find out more. Okay, great. Well, tell and me. Absolutely, you're right. I, I think that the when you reach children at that pivotal age of five to eight years old where they really are becoming determinators of their own fate, so to speak. They begin to make decisions for themselves. It's such a great age to talk about really great food. Absolutely. Healthy food. Yes. Now, I have to ask just a little bit. We have to give our readers a little bit of a background. This is a half-hour food program, and you've got two main characters one of whom is Betty Spaghetti, and then you've got her uncle, Eddie Spaghetti. Why right. did you choose these two characters? Well, Betty Spaghetti probably sprung from my partner, Lori Pincus's head. We wanted a kid host, and these days the best way to do that is the one that's possibly animated, in which case Betty Spaghetti will be animated. But we thought it'd be fun to have her uncle, Eddie Spaghetti, who can, well, first of all, we have this truck that goes all over the world, basically, and takes us a la magic school bus, kind of, on adventures around food. So thinking along the lines of, okay, should anyone ask, well, who's driving the truck? Right. (laughs) We have Uncle Eddie doing that. But uh, it's 
probably as much whimsical as anything else. And the fact that we wanted a guy who's cooking as well. Mm-hmm. Um, although in in the food arena, you get female and male people cooking these days, much more so, I think, than years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, you have a website where you introduce the program. And on that website is a quote from Maya Angelou. And she says, through food, we learn that there are other people in the world. And I think that's, you couldn't have picked a better quote to really describe the power of food in opening up a child's world, not only to taste, but other cultures. So I want to thank you for that. Well, thank you. Uh, it's, it's very close to our hearts, I can tell you, that this will be a program that will incorporate diversity and uh, a, a world view. And in fact, our theme song really, for those who want to go take a look at the website and, and learn more about Betty Spaghetti's world, the, the theme song has a very much a global feel to it, if you will. Mm-hmm. And we should let our listeners know, and we'll tell them again, but the website is www.bettyspaghettishow.com. All right, right, so the mission of the show is what? Basically, our goal is to reach kids at this age group, five to eight years old, with the whole idea that really good, healthy food is really a fun idea and and basically attract kids to healthy eating in a way that's not preachy, teachy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I'm familiar with that. <laughs> that's, that's the way most health educators and, approach it. And in a way that's, that's head-on. In other words, you know, we're not going to chop and dice the, the healthy food and put it in something that's maybe considered more kid-like in order to hide the healthy food. We think kids would be very interested in all of those wonderful vegetables and fruits and some of the really important nutritional positives out there for them. Yeah, I want to commend you also on that. I have learned over the years, you know, I started out, of course, probably in the preachy-teachy mode, but I realized that the way children love food and learn best is with their senses. And so you're going to have a character who's in a garden. You're going to teach children where food comes from, which is brilliant. And then you're also going to have the cooking component. And what I've also learned is that if children cook their own food and also have a hand in preparing it, they will love it. Oh, I, I couldn't, could not agree more, in fact. From my years as an elementary classroom teacher, I found that some of the best learning goes on when you're making stuff, especially around food. And no matter what you're, you are learning, food is such an attraction to kids. Mm-hmm. I want to reflect back on a story that you had told me. We had a telephone conversation before we decided to do an interview together, and you told me that you had grown up on a farm in Minnesota and you had a teacher who exposed you to apples, but yes. not in a normal way. No. Tell us uh, that story. It was had to have been when I was quite possibly in the second or third grade. And to me, an apple was an apple. And one day the teacher said, we're going to try out different apples. And we were all like, really? <laughs> and 
I believe she brought in the different versions of apples, ranging from, you know, delicious, which I'm sure most kids were familiar with, I know I was, to more exotic kinds of apples. And then she sliced them up and had us taste and then swallow a little water and then taste. And it was like almost a mental explosion to me, the notion that this apple, that apples could have so many different tastes. Mm-hmm. And it stuck with me in a way that I I don't recall from elementary school anything quite as dramatic, mm-hmm. actually. That's so interesting. Well, I hope in one of the episodes, Betty Spaghetti will have an opportunity to do that because it really has far-reaching effects. For example, over the course of, say, 50, 60 years, we've seen a decline in biodiversity. So, for example, 100 years ago, say, there were many, many more seeds available for different varieties of apples and beets and lettuce and squash. And what's happened over time is that we've had a narrowing of the biodiversity. So maybe we used to have 100 different beet seeds. Today, maybe we just have 20 to 40. So with with the loss of those seeds, we've lost the uh, the different flavors that you experienced as a child. That's quite possibly true. I Whether or not a show such as ours can solve that, who knows. But I think much as Reading Rainbow was trying to develop a whole bunch of little readers out there, we hope to develop and grow, if you will, a whole slew of kids who who think about and want to find out more about and embrace really wonderful eating and ask for different things. Mm-hmm. And perhaps from that, a uh, little impetus, we'll, we'll have a whole bunch of people out there eventually asking for more. Exactly. And maybe that's what it takes. And I think, too, and I'm sure you can attest to this, that one of the reasons why we teach children is not only so that they'll develop lifelong great habits, but we also hope that children will bring the lessons home to their parents. So I, your, oh, yes. your point is very well taken. If we inspire children to try different things, they'll ask their parents to do that. Absolutely. Have you seen kids in the grocery store? <laughs> yes, begging. Now, how about how about if they're asking for a peach or an apricot or uh, or an unusual apple to bring us back to that story. Wouldn't that be great if instead of haranguing their parents for, and, you know, we're not going to get kids away, I don't think, totally from what is much bigger and more powerful advertising, but I do think kids are very adventuresome, and which is the reason for the word adventures in our title. I think kids are willing to try stuff and that they will ask their parents, could we try this? I saw this on Betty's Spaghetti. I can just hear it now. Absolutely. <laughs> Much like kids would ask for the books on, on the Reading Rainbow. They, word came back to us that kids were asking for these books. And these are little kids, five and six and seven-year-olds, were asking for names of books. I think we can see the same happen. I, I do. I agree. And I also think that just, just piggybacking on your comment about children being adventurous, they are innately curious. 
And to feed yeah. that curiosity and sense of wonder, and we hope that that will last a lifetime, it will just make their lives all that richer. Oh, yes. Yes. It is my hands-down favorite group in the sense that that age has yet to learn to be afraid of trying something new. Yeah. In fact, many times people are, like, trying to hold them back in some cases, but I think that it doesn't take a whole lot to get them really up and going and inspired to explore new things. Well, the series, the brief, I guess it's just a little piece, really, of a series that you have on the website that just gives Mm. us a little taste of Betty Spaghetti's one adventure takes us to a farmer's market. Correct. And what struck me about the farmer's market is that Eddie stops and looks at all the different raspberries. Mm -hmm. And I know red raspberries and even more recently black raspberries, but he's pointing out purple ones and golden Mm -hmm. ones. And then he says, okay, that's it. We're going to talk about raspberries today. Mm-hmm. Correct. And that's kind of the, the the way we see approaching this is that we'll pick a food through Betty or Eddie and we'll see it for real. All the food on the show will be for real. Obviously still coming through a, a, a video experience, but still we will shoot food as a real item as opposed to trying to project it as an animation I mean, we'll we'll use food in the animation, but the animation is more for some of our kind of fun characters that we are envisioning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We need to just take one short break and remind our listeners that we are talking to the Dr. Twyla C. Liggett. She is the founder and executive, or she was the founder and executive producer of the outstanding PBS children's TV series, Reading Rainbow. And now she is going to create a brand new program called Betty Spaghetti's Flying Food Adventures. And it is that program that we are talking about today. All right, let's get back to the program. You mentioned that the animation is going to be for the characters, but the food is going to be real. And I have to tell you that some of the characters are absolutely, I think the adults (laughs) will find them very humorous, perhaps more than the children. Yes. Uh, Such as Richard Persimmon, who is going to be Uh the gentleman who uh, teaches us about exercise. Right. And then you've got Jamie Olive. Right. And you have, let's see, Snacky Chan. Right. And you have, you've got the Okra Winfrey Show, (laughs) the Meal of Fortune, the Spice is Right. I mean, this is so creative, Dr. Liggett. This is really charming. I have to tell you that my partner, Lori Pincus, who has thought and dreamt about this, and it is her art that is forefront and, and very much the base of all of the animation and art in the series. She is so amazing and has so many wonderful ideas. Obviously, we can't do all of these things all in the same show, but these would be recurring characters and segments that, as we develop each show, we'll we'll decide what works for that particular show and food. So, But I, I think it can be just so humorous and on its own. I mean... As we know, my friends over at Sesame Street learned this long ago, that you can have uh, segments that are humorous on a child level and that the 
and that the parents and adults watching along with, which we hope will happen, Mm -hmm. uh, get another level of humor out of some of this. Absolutely. I'm I'm pretty excited about, about how we will stitch this all together. What made you decide to go with the 30-minute format rather than an hour? I think it, gosh, uh, it just seemed right to me for this age group, for what we want to do. And uh, to be perfectly honest, it's a, somewhat of an economic decision as well. Mm-hmm. You can put together a half an hour, you know, budgetarily wise and, and have more episodes available, I think, at a 30-minute, you know, which will vary depending upon the venue that we end up at, but uh, 30 minutes seems about right for for a beginning, a middle, and an end that tells a story. Mm-hmm. I mean, we basically see ourselves as storytellers. Absolutely. And what wonderful stories to tell because children, and you would have more experience with this, having so many years working with children and in the field. But number one, it seems that children have so much more media exposure today than they did 20 or 30 years ago. And also, even with regard to the time of the show, a shorter time, maybe they have shorter attention spans today because of the rapidity of the the speed of the media that they mm-hmm. that they're exposed to today is that correct well you know there's there's a lot of different opinions on that particular viewpoint on and off over the 26 year tenure of reading rainbow we often had people say it's too slow it's too this it's too that and my view is if you've got the kids' interest they're going to stay right there with you if you're not saying anything important, then you're not going to keep kids paying attention. But if you're saying something that really appeals to them and that makes sense to them, that they want to learn about and know about, I think kids' attention span will focus right, basically accommodate whatever it is you're offering. Mm-hmm. So I think it just very much depends, like all things, what the situation is. Mm-hmm. We found that the attention span in 2009 to a Reading Rainbow half hour was every bit as good as it was in, I don't know, 1986. Well, <laughs> we that's, first went on the that's air. very reassuring. I think it's. I, I think they're there. I mean, sure, we can all be scattered, and that I would include the adults, but I also think that kids can really give their focus when we as the producers or as the teacher are offering something that merits their attention. Mm-hmm. Well, I love the depth that you've got in the series. And I'm just looking at the website that you've presented to the world thus far. So uh-huh. the drawings are, as you say, they're absolutely beautiful and there's enough detail to really allow children to get in and look for different things. And I have exactly. to, I want to bring attention also to Pete's Place. Pete's Place is a juice bar for good bugs in the garden. Right. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, again, the whole notion that bugs aren't helpful creatures when in fact they are is 
yet another undercurrent to the and and the idea of organic gardening and gardening in general is a underlying theme to our thinking on the show. And as you probably know, in your work, kids getting an opportunity to grow something, it's as appealing to them, I think, as cooking something, making Mm -hmm. something with food. Growing something and watching over it is so, what can I say, just encompassing to kids. They'll give it their all. Yeah, it's magical, and it also helps them. Well, they love to be nurturers, and it helps them nurture a crop, and then bingo, all of a sudden one day it produces something that you can eat. And I I want to let our listeners know that actually the, the food truck that travels around with Betty and Eddie stops at a rooftop garden with Ali Fresco. So there right. again, yet one more creative character that you've created. Exactly. Well, you are in the process of getting this program together. So it isn't airing yet. You've got to find sponsors for this. Will it be aired on public TV? We don't know yet. Mm. <laughs> we are evaluating the options out there. We felt that we wanted to get a little further along before we decided on a venue. And at the time of Reading Rainbow, there really was there weren't that many options for a kids' show that was, shall we say, trying to teach something. Although I would have said, no, no, we're not teachy preachy. And to my knowledge, Reading Rainbow wasn't seen that way. But PBS was pretty much the option. These days, there are so many opportunities out there that we want to find the most attractive to kids and the well, and the group who sees the potential mm-hmm. that might that might be public television. That certainly is my and was my home, so to speak, for almost three decades. So. We're not ruling anybody out, but we're not exactly sure where we're going to take this quite yet. Well, you know, I can also see this being shown in pediatricians' offices. They often have TVs on. Wouldn't it be Mm -hmm. wonderful if children were watching reels of this program rather than the sugary (laughs) cereal-sponsored cartoons that are often the only option? So I look at this through public health glasses, of course, as sure. well as my mom glasses. Right. And you've got this additional wisdom of understanding how children learn and develop. And so this is just truly, I think, so we're so ready for this, Dr. Liggett. I, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, and, and you mentioned an important thing, which is really the, the outreach we envision certainly does include making this available on DVDs and uh, reaching out to parents and teachers and other places where kids gather. So, in fact, we think of this very much as a multimedia project in which we we would hope at some point, and again, it's just a matter of finding the funding, right. uh, but uh, we would hope to grow a, um, a app, an application for, for interactive experiences for kids on the web and um, 
we we have many many great plans for this project and i think given the level of enthusiasm that we are experiencing um i was so pleased to learn that uh, usa today there's a woman who does a blog now if i can find it and not hold you up here she does a blog on food you might be familiar with her she's named it the best kickstarter project that is worth it basically mm-hmm. whitney matheson named it as a project that may be worth the time and money <laughs> yes um in terms of uh what people are responding with and to well, the so, idea. so much money is being dedicated these days through, say, Kaiser Permanente and the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, Kellogg, the Kellogg Foundation. Many mm-hmm. of these groups are coming together and saying, what's the most important thing? And it's children's right. health so and environmental health. So you've got everything going for you in this package. And yeah. I want to make sure that our listeners know again that the website is www.bettyspaghettishow.com. I want to give you a chance. We've got a few minutes, and I've pulled some things out of this information that I thought our listeners might want to know. But do you have anything that you want to make sure our listeners know about this program? Well, at this point, I think most of the information that we can provide at our website is is about the extent of it. Other than that, I think in terms of making an appeal to someone out there who might open a door or two to some major funding. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you were talking about the various foundations who are concerned about children's health. And by extension, one would think about what they're eating. I mean, there certainly is a lot of talk about what they're not eating or what they are eating that's negative. I would hope to find a funder who understands that once you are visible in the way that you can be visible in media uh, with something that's aired all over the country, that the impact can be enormous. Mm-hmm. And the, the uh, investment in a project like this would be well worth it in the long run, in my view. Would you like for any interested parties to contact you directly, or would they do that through the BettySpaghettiShow.com website? Yeah, we can, the info at BettySpaghettiShow.com would be the best place, only because that way all three of us can field, um, besides uh, uh, Lori Pink is our other partner, Eric Hassler, any one of us can respond to people. But that would be probably the best place. All right. Well, that sounds like a wonderful plan for the future. I want to thank you, Dr. Liggett, for being my guest and to remind our listeners that we have been speaking with Dr. Twyla Liggett, the founder and executive producer of the wonderful PBS children's TV series, Reading Rainbow. And now she's on a new venture, and the new program is called Betty Spaghetti's Flying Food Adventures. And I, with you, 
uh, Dr. Liggett, I believe it holds great potential for changing public health, and I'm with you 100%. I want to thank our listeners for joining us and remind everyone that Food Sleuth Radio is produced by Dan Hemmelgarn at KOPN Studios in beautiful downtown Columbia, Missouri. Dr. Liggett, thank you for not retiring, and thank you for being my guest. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure.